A Walk Among the Stars, The Monsters, The Paranormal, and Supernatural. Join your tour guides, Justin and Josh, on this cryptic journey through life and beyond. Welcome to It's Cryptic Out There. to another episode of It's Cryptic Out There podcast. I am your host, Justin, alongside my co-host, Josh. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, interesting last episode. Last episode? Yeah, very. <laughs> Wild. Very. Um, Had a lot going on. A lot going on. Uh, Creepy, spooky house. Absolutely. Enjoyed the investigation. The investigation was really cool. It's like our fifth paranormal investigation now. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody you think your house is haunted or something... Call the Cryptic Boys. Yeah, call the Cryptic Boys. We're, out, we're Ghostbusters. 540-358-1583 is the Cryptic Hotline. There you go. Easy. Heck yeah. Easy. All right. So, this episode today is going to be heavy. Uh, we've never done an interview like this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's the story about Timothy Wayne Dalton. In his disappearance back in 2007, we interview his mother, and she gives her take on the story. What she had, she has theories on what may have happened. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know, but she gives her side, and it, it gets pretty emotional. It gets heavy. Uh, but like we said, we haven't done an interview like this before. But let's. Let's start out with kind of what's going on, what happened back in 2007 with uh, Timothy. Let's read off the story. Squeaky. Squeaky. Is as, as was his nickname gifted to him by his grandfather. Absolutely. Timothy Wayne Dalton, or Squeaky. This is by uh, a Reddit post that I saw, but I don't know if it came from an article or not, but it was, it was so well written. I'm just going to read it off. There really is no better way to describe Monroe County, West Virginia, than the middle of nowhere. One of the state's most southerly counties, Monroe is perhaps the most overwhelming rural place in the entire eastern United States. Wow. There is not a single spotlight or fast food outlet anywhere in the whole county and has one of the lowest population densities of any county in the whole nation. Much like any rural area in the eastern U.S., Monroe has its fair share of problems with opioid addiction and the crimes associated with it. But a disappearance or a murder is rare, is a rare event indeed, and when one actually occurs, it steers up rather a lot of attention from citizens and law enforcement. So, in April of 2007, when a dark red Chevy pickup truck was found abandoned behind a derelict building in Peterstown, it sent ripples of fear through the small community 
in which it was discovered. And it's because the truck belonged to a man named Timothy Wayne Dalton. And by that point, Timothy had been missing for almost three weeks. According to his missing person's profile, Timothy was just over 200 pounds and had dark brown hair and pale blue eyes. He was last seen wearing a dark blue button-up shirt, light gray shorts, and black Nike sneakers. There's a good chance he was also wearing a doll tag necklace, a relic of a relative's military service, and was also carrying a pocket knife. Close friends stated that he sometimes went unshaven for maybe a week at a time, but was never known to sport any kind of lengthy facial hair. And was known to talk with a subtle stutter. In the brief period before the truck was found, local sheriff's deputies had managed to build up a picture of the events that had preceded Timothy's disappearance. He had paid a visit to his mother on March 26th and had apparently behaved perfectly regularly for the most part. They made small talk about his firewood cutting job which, as lowly as it seemed, made Timothy's mother very proud that her son was gainfully employed, especially when he, especially when the economy was tanking in such a dreadful way. But at certain points, Timothy's mother noticed he was acting rather skittishly, peering out of her trailer window every so often as if watching his beloved mother, or for someone or something. It's entirely unusual for a boy to act in a protective manner over his beloved mother, so she didn't think too much of his watchful behavior. Yet, this was the last time her son was ever seen alive, with the only clue to his potential whereabouts being the abandoned truck that was found a fortnight and a half later. Despite his mother's concerns, local law enforcement insisted that there was no foul play involved in his disappearance. Yet, there are solid reports from reputable sources that when the truck was discovered, the window of the driver's side of the vehicle was found to be broken, with glass lying on, on the interior, indicating it had been smashed from the outside. Despite this, police declared that there was no clear indication that there had been any kind of struggle, speculating that the window might have been broken before or after he had disappeared. That is ridiculous, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Speaking to Timothy's family members, police heard how it would be very out of character for Timothy to just vanish without at least information, informing them the information he was going somewhere. Very out of character? I mean, just to yeah. take a little break here real quick. That is some of the fucking stupidest shit that is always said yep. in a missing person's case. What do you mean they just didn't tell anybody? Have you ever watched Unsolved Mysteries? Or how many kids have been missing for 30 fucking years? Mm-hmm. That is such a... It's bullshit. You would think they would change it by now. Yeah, it's bullshit to sit there and say, Oh, well, no one just goes missing. Uh, well, guess what, motherfucker? They do. Yeah. And sorry if it seems <laughs> a little heated, but it's ridiculous. It is. It, it is, is ridiculous. How many... Watch a Netflix documentary. Forensic, just, how many forensic file episodes? <laughs> just the incompetence yeah. to sit there and say it just sounds like you don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. It does. <clears throat> and while it was a well-known fact that Timmy had a dabble 
in some nonviolent crime in his past. He had no outstanding warrants and was not a suspect in any recent burglary case. He has been described by many as a timid fellow with a heart of gold, and as far as his friends know, he was not involved in the narcotics trade, either as a dealer or as a user. This essentially eliminated the possibility that he had skipped town out of fear of being arrested for something, a theory that was compounded by the fact that pretty much all of his uh, meager, meager belongings, meager, meager belongings, could still be found at his place of residence. Peterstown has a population of just less than 700. People talk, people see things, but apparently nobody saw hid nor hair of Timothy after he'd visited his mother's place. The woods around the town might be dark and deep, but they're actually kind of commonly frequented by local hunters who often scour the backwoods for fresh meat to put on the table to save a few dollars on the grocery bill. Surely, if Timothy was murdered and dumped in the woods, a hunter or perhaps a hunting dog would have come across his remains at some point. As far as I can tell, it really is as if the guy just disappeared, dropped off the face of the earth one day for some unknown reason. But maybe it's the case that whoever did disappear, Timothy knew a little too much about the process of searching and finding someone. Maybe it was a person who had experience in finding bodies, who for professional reasons would know the most effective method of making someone just up and vanish without leaving so much of a trace of them behind. But whoever that might be is still completely up for debate, yet perhaps it might be better if we avoid any kind of heavy speculation. At least we offend the wrong person, a person who might just be violent, unstable, and corrupt. Well, with that being said, we were able to speak with Timothy's mother, Ruth Doyle. Thank you so much also. Yes. By the way, thank you so much, Ruth. Um, We're just going to go ahead and play it. Uh, Just a warning, it's very heavy, like we said. But here we go. Hello. Hey. Hello. Um, uh, let me, yeah. Uh, hold on a second. Let oh. me cut this off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Ruth Dole. Who's this? Yeah, Ruth Dole. I'm uh, Timothy's mother. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, it's, it's nice to talk to you. Um, are, are you ready to answer a few questions for the podcast yeah i'm i'm ready I, you know um 
I got some company down here, but, you know, I ain't going to say it's going to be kind of easy kind of here because I didn't. Uh, it's going to be hard. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, uh, I'm ready. Well, don't, if, don't feel pressured to answer anything that you don't want to answer. You know, this really is going at your pace. So if there's something you don't want to answer, you can just flat out say, I don't feel comfortable answering that, and we'll move right on. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, well, let's start off with uh, how was Timothy as a child growing up? Well, he he was okay. I mean, he started, you know, like as a teenager and got up by age of 14, he started running around um, pretty much at uh, Peterstown where we lived. Mm-hmm. And um, me and my husband had divorced. And, of course, when my mom passed away, he didn't feel comfortable living in the home that we had. So we moved back to Nairs. So when we moved back to Nairs, he, he got in some trouble in high school with some other boys fighting, you know, yeah. and things like that. And uh, so he um, he didn't finish school. He was in almost 11th grade. Okay. And, uh, you know, so... Um, he was just, you know, out with his friends and stuff and things, and uh, he he wasn't a bad kid or, or nothing. He just, you know, he liked running around with his friends, and um, I never seen Squeaky take drugs or anything. Mm. You know, he never took, you know, I had a, a, another son, which he's 33 now. Um, he never took drugs. If he was doing any drugs, he never took drugs around, and then he had... Um, half sisters and stuff my husband remarried and he never done nothing around them okay. i mean if he was doing anything so you know he ran around with a lot of people mm-hmm. and not a lot of people came to the house you know um there was some friends he ran around with um the parents didn't have nothing to do with this one guy and he would bring him home with him up to the house or to his papa's and feed the guy because his parent his parents didn't want to have nothing to do with him so wow. you know he he was um I like a, a good kid. I, you know, I ain't saying, you know, yet he, he was in trouble, you know, at that time. He he went down at Grants at Rich Creek, but between Rich Creek and Peterson one time. He had money in his pocket and he was with some friends and he stole something, you mm-hmm. know, like tw- not even $20 worth of stuff. And I don't know why he done it, but, yeah. you know, um, but I mean, he, he wasn't a bad kid. He just, I was getting ready to ask you, what was his personality like uh, with his family? He he loved his family. Um, he, uh, he loved his family. He was always, like, being with his brothers and sisters. Uh, his sister that's named Dallas, he, uh, the stepmom named, asked him, you know, they were talking one day about names, and he said, if I ever have a girl, I would like to have him named after Dallas Cowboy. So she named her Dallas. Well, nice. Um <laughs> So he was around around them all the time, you know, coming back and forth. And like I said, he stayed with his papa son because sometimes, you know, his papa was up in age. He was hitting 70. Of course, when he passed away, he was like in the 80s, almost 90s. Yeah. So, but Squishy wasn't here when he passed. Hmm. Um, so what, what were you doing the day you found out he was missing? Well, what had happened the last day I had had talked with Squeaky, um, I was getting ready to have a procedure done, surgery. So what had happened, he said, Mom, he said, you know, he worked part-time, sometimes on jobs. He had a couple vehicles. 
So he said, I may be, if it's going to rain, I may be doing some wood. You know, I'll be down pawpaws or something like that. So I said, okay. And so he said, he may be up, he may not. So, you know, of course, we always told each other, bye, and love you. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I had been sick because I had to have a procedure done. And um, so anyway, um, that's before I've done the procedure. But they were talking about having the procedure done. And I was feeling real bad that night. So he came in to sit down inside the bed. And we talked for a little while. And, you know, of course, before he had also seen his dad, you know, um, that day too and seen him. And so he said that he was going down Popalls. He had his truck and things like that. He had a little, little small red looking truck, but he was going to go do some wooden because he was working somewhere down in Peterstown with some people doing part time work, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'd done a little bit of construction with a guy up there at uh, Giles and stuff. So that was the last time I had, um, I had spoke with him that day. Yeah. How did the community react to Timothy being gone? Well, when the day that we got news that what happened was my ex-husband had asked me when was the day that I had heard from Squeaky. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he said he had been down Popalls, which is Ricky's dad. And uh, he said that and they was kind of where he had fell years ago when he was younger and you know he sometimes didn't remember too much stuff but he had some days messed up i think but he said timmy had left there saying he's gonna go cut wood and this and that so that's what he told his son so ricky told me and then he came back to the house and he said something you know hanging up he said it's like you know you know dad says he was down there and supposed to be going, but he ain't come to the house and he ain't come to see you or anything. He said, so he said, when was the last time you saw him? And I told him when I was in there and Squeaky had come here and talked to me. And uh, then, so when we started this and that, he had this thing of this old girlfriend that he had went to Tennessee to see him. We told him she might have been, he might have been back up there with her. And I went for sure. So Ricky started calling around because goddaughters, which you know, I'm calling my goddaughters, but mm-hmm. real close with girls, you know, his so he started because they were younger around Diane's daughter's age. So started calling him and asked if Spooky was up there and we started so we didn't know what to do. We started trying to contact the people he ran around with and seeing and one of them that I did go to see but we, we kept looking the next couple of days and couldn't something didn't didn't add up and um before squeaky's birthday it's like when he disappeared his birthday would have been april Fool's day wow wow Wow. yeah he would have been he would have been 26. yeah so um we started doing the flowers posting stuff up and putting up a reward not that we had a whole lot of money like a thousand or two thousand dollar reward and then it seemed like every poster that we put up because we printed stuff off it seemed like everything from Peterstown to Paris it just disappeared mm. wow that's that's cool. interesting yeah it's very interesting um well how well did the police do investigating at the time well, well I'm gonna tell you um 
day, not to be like whether we went and poor, but we went and rich, you know, but whether it's possible he had been in trouble, you know, it wasn't like he was a college student or something like that, but, you know, he wasn't a bad kid. He was, like I said, he took people in and they didn't have a place to stay, yeah. you know, go to his pawpaws and stuff like that. Of course, you know, up our houses, you know, if we had other kids, you know, you don't allow people, you know, especially, you know, not that squeaky ever done anything around them, you know. Uh, it's just bringing people in and stuff, you know. But uh, he would bring them up to the house and things like that. But the law, the law was not good, not good at all. Yeah. Um, Especially Peterson, the day what had happened, and one of the guys that, fortunately, I did not know the guy that I knew. His name was Lenny. I worked at Plasty Furniture. I did not know he knew Squeaky. So Lenny was one of the friends he car like he traded cars sometimes with and stuff. So what happened one day is before Squeaky had me take to some friend's house, you know. One day he would go up to Lenny's or somebody's house, you know, he would have me drop him off or come get him or something. Mm -hmm. So I knew where Lenny lived. So the day that his truck was found, I was the one found it. And the reason how I come to find it is because the day, well, I was trying to get a hold of, you know, sometimes you go to Lenny's house or something, you know, which I didn't go up there, and you know, I wasn't too familiar, just I when Squeaky would have me take him up there, and that's the only way I know when he lived up there, so his wife come to the door, and uh, she said that that she had saw the truck, a truck that looked exactly like Timmy's truck down behind the old bank in Peterstown. Yeah. And Stephen, uh, I should say, like, you know, he's Ricky's uh, son, which I consider him as being a son to me, you know, because I'm doing for years. So Stephen was with me. I didn't want to go by myself. So Stephen was with me. And we went down there, and sure enough, you pull up. There was a post office, and there was that little red truck. And sure enough, you get out. And I told Stephen not to touch nothing. You look in there, and there was the windows. The truck had been sitting down there because it was soaking wet. Mm-hmm. I suppose he had the gun in him. He had a, a, a gun, a, a, a rifle in the back of his seat. You know, he had a, 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 some things. He had some clothes, um, old stereo and little box stereo or something. So, but we just looked, and I said, I got to call Ricky, and he was at the stock market. And uh, his billfold was in there with his license in it. Mm. And, uh, no money. Yeah. And no sign of the keys. So we called the law and the law come down there. This young cop, and that, I'm talking about years ago, he was young. He started looking around and he just thought that, you know, they started talking crazy stuff that he probably just a teenager. He took off running around with some of his friends or it, that hard rain came and mentioned something about the creek getting up. And I said, well, you know, you're getting wouldn't have drowned it in the Greek creek or anything down goes through Peterson or anything like that. But he mentioned something about how high the creek, but he said he might be running around on a bend with his friends. Mm. So his dad come down there and he was furious too. So he demanded something be done. So this, this is the awful thing. And I'm not, it's, 
that after you find your son's truck after thinking, not knowing what happened, yeah, where he was at or anything about it, uh, the cops, all they wanted to do was move the vehicle. Hmm. So, uh, just freaking demanded that somebody else get on the case. So, they ch- they had somebody else down there, and then they wanted the truck moved. So, freaking the keys, they had ter- ignition up and to get the truck moved to haul it back to the house. Wow. And so, of course, Timmy had, he had that truck, a little old truck, and he, he had a, a little cheap thing that his dad had got off to his brother, you know, off his brother. He had that little blazer, so it ain't like, you know, he had vehicles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So why would he leave his vehicle? He wouldn't have left his family. He loved his family. Mm-hmm. And he was staying with days, especially as sick as Papa was sick as he'd been, because he's old. He lived down in there by himself, and he, he's the only one stayed with him. Yeah. What, what was there any was there anything that stuck out or was off putting to you? It was it was just I I've never you know had you know nobody I've never had to go through this. Oh um, yeah. You know it's it's crazy. It's like how does somebody disappear suddenly? You know, and Ricky finally got older. Diane, Diane said no, she wouldn't up there with her because once before he had took off with one of his friends to go up Tennessee to see her because you know she she was a runaround. You know she was a runaround, but he he came back and stuff. But um, I don't I don't I don't know. It's it's weird how somebody disappears and then. When we try to get a hold of, you know, people, Peter Sandlaw that handled the cases, one was Trooper. He was kind of a smart aleck, you know. Yeah. He and Ricky, I think, had some words. And um, he told him one day he wanted to meet him down at the town office, Peterstown, and he just, he just said that he had some words with Ricky and um, that he wouldn't do nothing to help find his son. Mm. And there were some horrible things brought up after the war went out. It was just stuff like they had seen him in Rich Creek. He had dyed his hair at Glenn and all this and that. People had started seeing him because they was wanting rewards or a biker gang had killed him. And it was just a lot of rumors like that. People calling the house every day yeah. and things. It was a lot of stuff. It wasn't that so much that we had a lot of money, but Spooky did have an account that was open at Credit Union that he had some money in there, and he did have some life insurance on me up there at the Credit Union, but Spooky, when he was working, he opened an account up there, and I guess after all the years, it, it just closed because we didn't we didn't fool with it. We just, you know, he put up that reward a thousand or two thousand just to see if anybody would had seen him and especially after you know we lived in peterstown you know ricky lived in peterstown and and some people had knew him and stuff like that it was just ugly people calling up saying that after you thought that your son had got killed been murdered or something didn't know where he was at just waiting on him so hmm. uh, i had all i had his stuff I had his birthday cake had his balloons and I just thought that's where I thought we all thought that he tucked back up there with with her at Tennessee and he never he never came home. I just know that 
they probably thought I was crazy, um, Ricky and them did. I know Ricky and them thought I was crazy because one night I was laying in there in bed, you know, the phone in the kitchen rang. And uh, I jumped up to go answer it. And then they thought, because everything, cause I was having trouble sleeping. I had to go to the doctor and get something to sleep. Um, it, I got on the phone and I said, hello. And hello, it was like, I didn't hear nobody, but it was like it was quiet. I didn't hear the phone clicking or anything. It just went dead. Uh. So when we told the law about that, they just said it was, they had checked the phone records. It was just something going on with the phone lines or something. That's, that's so, weird. So I um, thought, was he there? Was he there? Yeah. Did somebody have him? Was he, how long was he alive? I mean, I'm thinking, was he alive on his birthday? Was he not? Don't know. But the law really, they done nothing. They come to the house, like Trooper Miller come up one day. He was doing the whole cases, and he was the one, because Ricky started watching a lot of this stuff on TV, of how they kill people, how they got by with a lot of stuff, you know, just things, you know. He just sort of watched a lot of that stuff. But yeah. a cold case kind of crossed there one day and he told me about it. Mm. And he said uh, that there was one cop was going in about 30 cases. So this is, the cop did, you know he did. He, he uh, come up and I was back in the bedroom. Uh, I thought they were, they sent a cop here to see him, and I thought they was joking with me. And I was back in there and said, you know, I told him come out, and when I came out, the cop was standing there, and I had him type, I was crazy, but I told him, I said, I thought they was playing papers, you know, jokes on me. So uh, we talked, he cut down some information, all about Squeaky, and uh, he came back one day, and Ronnie was jogging, he come in, I introduced him to Ronnie, and uh, he, um, he asked about the last time I seen clothes and all this, his dentist and all this, and I kind of asked questions. Of course, we had to go to unit for a DNA test because most people that are killed are killed by certain family members, and that's what he said. Yeah. So I asked him, do you have any? But have y'all found somebody? If we thought by doing DNA, we found somebody that said they have found a couple of people. They had probably been throughout Lewisburg, two bodies up in Princeton that they have to have positive ID on. And, um, so they thought it was they, like a, uh, a serial killer? Well, they didn't say serial killers, dude. They said they had a body that was through up the window in Lewisburg. Hmm. They had two bodies that was up at Princeton, but they have to have positive ID. So they started asking questions. We done our DNA test at night, and then they started talking to me about dental records so I knew exactly where Squeaky went and I had to call and they couldn't release anything so I had to call Miller Miller had to get with him because it had to be a court thing and so he handled all that so he said and uh, that's all I know where Squeaky went so if it was anything found that his medical record would ID you know if it was him so I thought me and Ricky talked they, they found me they've had him you know or something they've got him or you know, and I'm trying to make a positive ID. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was rumors how people said that he was trying rumors like he he was a rat or something. You know, um, he had a little incident that where he went, he had to go to Beckley 
he got, he was running around with um, Chad, Chad, uh, Chad and his friends. Uh, he couldn't spend Christmas with this one here. Yeah. I was down Peterstown and Chad knew this lady, older lady, and he knew where everything was. He knocked on the door while Chad went in the window and he stole the money. But somehow they ended up getting squishy, so squishy went back in three months and hmm. a couple months. And I, I went and seen him, talked to him, and uh, brought him home again and uh, brought him out of jail. and. Um, he did spin jail, and it was something about a deer got killed down in West Virginia. They said they thought Squeaky had done it, and little things. So the people in West Virginia, I never met him. Just the day that when he was going to jail at evening, we talked, and his dad was there, and uh, they was taking back like we went back and forth, and after three months, he got out, he got his time, but they never did find Chad till later. Mm. But said Diane, which Chad's daughter had a baby by, one of them had a baby by him. So they, when Missy still talked to him, they said that he was a rat after he got out of jail, but they never got Chad into a long time. But I know Rodney, we lived in there, so Rodney walked in the pool hall one night, and Chad Nolan was in there, and when Chad saw Rodney, he said, Looking at you, he, he said his eyes got big. He said he looked like he'd scared to death. And he and Chad said, he said, looking at you, I thought I was seeing a ghost. He's like, did he think, well, he, was, he heard Brenner said he was dead, you know, but he saw him, he thought, well, I didn't see him. Mm-hmm. And he said, Chad looked like he'd seen a ghost when he saw him. But um, that was the only thing I hear. And, so he done his time, he came out, and uh, it wasn't no time after that. That's when Squirky disappeared. Hmm. Do you think he had enemies? Oh, I think so, I think. You don't have to say. I no, I I mean, I'm just saying that I say that he's, he's probably gotten voice with people and stuff. Yeah. And um, that's what I'm saying, whether it could have done with relating drugs or not, I don't know. I do know that one thing that um, I always thought happened, but when you try to talk to law or something about him, Giles County is just like, Ricky's talked to the Giles County cop, cop um, that he had pawn show up there, McMillian, the mil- I can't, McMillian, I can't pronounce his last name, hmm. but it's like everything went dead, but uh, to get back, to um, what had happened, that Miller cop, after that case aired, you know, was supposed to be in after he talked to me that day, mm-hmm. and we never heard from him. We tried to call back, not to get off the subject. Ricky did, and it's like he don't work there no more, and no other, nobody else got in co- contact with us. But I think Ricky got a hold of somebody else, and they had told him out there that. He was no longer there, or he's no longer on the case. It was dropped. But uh, wow. we had a situation back in '09. I think this is—I can't swear to it. Me and Ricky, I've talked to Ricky about, it, and we've talked. He's, you know, about it and still talk. People at work even asked me about psychic thing. I had—I mean, I never had one the whole time until probably two years ago. 
But get back to Unis. Yeah. Um, oh nine, his dad was hit by a car. Mm. He was dating he was dating a girl down from Peterstown. And they had some brothers. And they were all we was all at the house, you know. You know, I say I was up there at night too. We was all up there. But he was dating a girl. And I was up there. Grandpa lived next door, and I had the kid, you know, the kids, you know. Rodney was my youngest, and Squeaky was up there with. The boys was probably around Squeaky's age. They got up on the hill, and I don't know, a fight broke out. Fight broke out, and his dad got hit by a car. Mm. And the ones they hit him was the girl, the girl he dated's brothers. Mm. And one of the, the brothers that was up there had a girlfriend. They had a baby together, but later on when all this went to court, when Ricky was hit that night by the car, I had to identify that he was the driver of that car. And they sent him away to jail. Hmm. Sent him away to jail. When they sent him away, he lost his wife. He lost his child. Figured he was upset, but when he went to jail, he was out of jail after he hit uh, Ricky, you know, he pulled his time, but he got back in jail for some reason. The guy did. Yeah. And the day when, when Squeaky had to go to the uh, Beckley jail, that guy was in there. Oh, he wow. Said, he said the whole time he was there, he'd give him dirty looks. He stared at him and stuff. And they went to church. There was a little church thing in there. And he said he gave him dirty looks. So he said, when Squeaky got ill, that's what we kind of... I don't know, you know, I thought, but see, later on, they said the guy had shot himself and killed himself. Oh, wow. The guy did. Wow. Uh, he, he tried before because, see, years ago, before we even knew him down at Peterstown, he had cut, took a gun. I don't know why he'd done it for, but he had shot kind of half of his face off or something. Somehow they repaired it. Oh, wow. But he didn't look, I mean, he wasn't really a thing that you, you know, but... He lived and he married and he had a boy, a kid, a girl, a boy, and Squeaky was in jail with him in Beckley. He said he gave him off with dirty looks. And like I said, when Squeaky came out, I just told Ricky, I said, do you think they're trying to get revenge? Well. Did I meet him? You know, which Squeaky was the type that he wouldn't have done me if he feared that there was anything not right. He ran around to. He, he would know that's what, but then the ones he should have stayed away because it's just like when he said he used to go through Peter's coming up, tried to flag you down after that incident happened with his dad. He said that he thought half of them was dead by now. And I said, what do you mean by that? Maybe he had passed because the girl that he used to date, she's been gone. She's away from him. And, uh, the mother and father, I think, has passed too, so I'm not in that at all. So they're all there. gone? That's what he says. That's what he thinks. But they may not. So I'm not for sure. And then come up to the house and squeeze the only thing I ever know. You know, he done his time out there. And um, hold on a second. Okay. Um. Hello. Hold on. Okay. He, uh, we was all, we was at the house one day, up there, and these cops started swarming the house outside. And the only thing I know, Squeaky might have had a speeding ticket. Um, 
I wouldn't ever know him to do a speeding ticket like that. But John Davis lived next door to us. He's on the fire squad. So, but we was in the house, and when they knocked on the door, they was all, what do we call it? They got the black glasses on. They were asking about Squeaky and Timothy. And, and, you know, we even had pictures, and we even had things in the paper, you know, that we had a lot of stuff. And we said, Timmy, and then he, you know, he said, you can go next door and ask Tom, because Tom will tell you that we ain't even been, he ain't been up here, because he's been missing since 2007. And they were standing out there, and Tom, probably know, you know, he was standing there because they live right next door, so they said they were sorry, they, they didn't know, so I don't know, they never did really, which we was trying to find out, but it's like they didn't want to ask the question why they were looking for Squeaky, or Timothy, not Squeaky is his nickname, Yeah. his papa, I named him Squeaky because they said when he was born, he cried, you know, like yeah. a rat, yeah. you know, and, uh, but they came up and I we still never got no answer out of that. It's like every time when Ricky tries to talk to somebody and I say, call somebody about something, it's like it goes dead. It's, it goes dead. It is nothing. It's nothing. And you can't get nothing in the paper. You can't get nothing in the paper. It's nothing. The only thing we had up was our flyer or, or something that we put up on telephone calls. Yeah. In stores, we put some stuff in stores and post offices. Wow. And, and I can see if somebody was really like mean and going out here doing stuff to people and killing people you know, or something, you know, but mean to people. But Squeaky wasn't like that. Yeah. He he wasn't like that. He he was a shy type. He he probably had two girlfriends in his whole life. Mm-hmm. One he really cared for, but. Uh, Nah, he was shy. Yeah. He was shy. But just friends you run around with. And um, the night, the last time Ron, Ron was the one who's ring up taps and takes food out to and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just that wouldn't have nothing to do with him. Ron was a football game. I'm talking about years ago. After Squeaky disappeared, Ronnie and Ricky went up to him and asked him. And he just said that he didn't know nothing about anything. He said he just knew one night him and Squeaky was in Peterstown and a bunch of people got after him and run. They run and Squeaky went one way and he went the other way, but he didn't know who they were. And I, I thought, did you ask them, if, why are you running from, if you don't know who they are, I mean, if you've done something or didn't do something, and, but Bronx never would, I, I think he was lying. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't know if he sits with you up for something because there's a lot of people in Peterstown that did a lot of things, drugs and things. But I tell you, um, I'm, I'm just saying that if he was the only one that got killed for something, and I ain't saying he was in drugs or anything. I mean, I just know that he never done nothing around us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there was a lot of people that did stuff and has never got, I've heard of getting killed or anything around this little community. Yeah. Unless you die in a car wreck or get shot for something, but a, a fight or something. But I, I don't know. He just said that they got, and I don't know. I asked Ricky some time, you know, from time if he ever heard, because, you know, this has been years. You don't hear nothing. 
felt wrong for nothing. I mean, his daddy wouldn't even keep him. And I, I don't know. That's what thought. I mean, he could have said anything. He could have told you anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just it's crazy how 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 you how are you able to 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 cope with all this today? Because I, I I couldn't imagine. Dreaming when um when they tell me I don't like to uh, I try to hold you know it's it's rough. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you. One more thing, we'll let you go. Um, if you could say anything to Timothy right now, what would you say? I wish you were still. I'm missing, but I love you. I wish you were still. I love you. reason to apologize I I couldn't even imagine to place what you're feeling right now I'm so sorry yeah um, we really appreciate you uh, telling your story on the your perspective about this and um, giving a little insight on how Timmy was uh, growing up as a person he seemed to be a very loving uh, individual Really cared about his family. What we're gonna do, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna release this, and we're gonna try and post it everywhere we can. Um, Raise as much awareness as we possibly can. Absolutely, because uh, as you talked about, when it all happened, it didn't seem like a lot of people helped you guys out. Um, so we we just wanted, since we have somewhat of a following for this podcast, we wanted to uh, tell his story and um, just spread awareness. <clears throat> yeah, any help that we can give, it would have been, it would be nice. It really would. We'll do our, we'll do our best with what we can, what we can do. Um, Reach out to any resources we have, and we'll make sure to let you know as soon as we figure something out. Right. Absolutely. Um. We'll we'll let you go. Um. Thank you so much for for speaking with us. Thank you. And, Thank you. And believe, you know, we're here for you. If you need to talk or if you want to share any more stories or any more information or anything like that, we're definitely here to listen. Yeah, let us know. Okay. Okay. And we we appreciate you. you so much. Um, 
but we we hope you have a great night and um we'll keep in touch thank you thank you you have a good night okay we're back that was very heavy Ruth, thank you so much for opening up, telling your side of it, your your thoughts on what may have happened. I'm incredibly grateful to be able to have that and to hear that, and mm-hmm. you know, for- I'm sure a lot of people who were interested in the story are very thankful for you to, you know, talk. And both Justin and I had multiple people reach out to us. Yeah. about covering this yes um, just interested or knew mm-hmm. knew him um and it's very difficult for someone to disappear without a trace mm-hmm. and what you were talking about i said if you were to just drop a body into the woods um a hunter or a dog or something would find them and um that's just not true mm-hmm. um why have we not found Gina Renee Hall's body yet exactly. after all this? And that's so detailed. And people have investigated it since its start time yeah. to this 1980. Day. Since 1980 mm-hmm. to this very day. And they have done that. And there's still nothing. And I think the only way that you ever find anything is for people to step up mm-hmm. and say something. I mean, she she talked about how they only had really flyers to uh, spread the word that he went missing. And you think of it, 2007. What else happened in April of 2007? The Virginia yeah, Tech shooting. that is true. April 16th. Yeah. You know? Because we talked about that with the Caldwell Fields case, that even though it happened two years after Virginia Tech, it was still a big discussion and I think it overshadowed that case. And yeah. for sure, this probably was overshadowed by the Virginia Tech shooting. And even just West Virginia, you know, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. That Peterstown, I mean. Yeah, that really encaptured the mind of all of America mm-hmm. as being the largest mass shooting. Yeah. But that doesn't change the whole fact of no matter how big that was, that doesn't make the disappearance of timothy dalton any less important no there's still other things that people need to look into that's right and i think um justin and i in this situation i think ruth and that entire family deserves to have that story told yeah and if there is anyone out there this is pleading this is begging this is anything you want it to be to reach out Yes. Uh, if you know anything, any sort of lead, any sort of anything, let us know. Reach let out us to us. Know, the or, West yes. Virginia, there is a if tip you, line. Yeah, if you have any information concerning this case, please contact West Virginia State Police, 304-772-5100. And listen, I'm just to make an appeal, I know that there might be some people because if someone goes missing or gets murdered and you might have be involved or you might be connected in some sort of way you might not feel tempted to reach out to the police yeah to share your story so we'll do that yeah you can reach out to me anonymously i'll i'll 
send an anonymous tip. Right. I'll do whatever, you yeah. know, just as long as some information comes out about this and we can get to a point where there's anything, yeah, you know, just anything. And, and if someone were to do that, the cryptic hotline is 540-358-1583. We have all the socials. Uh, we have an email. It's crypticoutthere at gmail.com. If you were to do that, we will immediately send an anonymous tip to the West Virginia State Police. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we could do. Yeah, that's... Just keep spreading the story. Please, you know, share this on everything. With your help, there might be something that Mm -hmm. would come up that would help this story, this this case. Give some peace of mind or Mm -hmm. just a direction, anything, you know. We don't know if he's dead, but this being so long, I mean, we don't know. I mean, the pain with most people who... Even if he was, even if he is gone, this family still needs closure. They need to find him. I need some answers. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, thanks everybody for listening and watching. Like we said, if you could help out, please share this. Uh, Spread the word, because this is a very important case to this family. Um, And I'm sure to the community that, that know these people. And it would be great. Uh, we'd be thankful as well. Very much so. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the whole point of doing this, right? Absolutely. You know. Yeah. We have somewhat of a following, and we we wanted to spread this story in hopes that maybe something will come out of it. All right. Well, like we said, thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. Um, you know what to do if you enjoy the show. Josh, I think that's it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just love your loved ones. Absolutely. Because you never know what will happen. And thanks again to the Dalton family and yes. Ruth Doyle. And Thank you so everybody much. everybody for allowing us the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Lastly, watch your back. It's cryptic out there.
Goodbye to all I was. I let you go, my love.